0: Hi everyone, you're listening to an episode of Dramas Over Flowers, and this is The Long Yak with Anissa, Borama, and me, Saya. Coming up is our take on what we're watching a mix of new shows, shows from the currently airing crop, and older but not forgotten stuff, with the occasional fray outside of K Drama Land. Of course, we promise digressions, disagreements, and an unholy love of bad puns. Very bad, seriously. Uh, to be notified of new episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and come hit us up with your thoughts on Twitter at drumsoverflow or send us an email at DrumsOverflowers at gmail.com. Hop on over to our Patreon page for some fun bonus content. That's at patreon.com slash dramasoverflowers and you can pledge as little as a dollar a month and I promise you that every one of those cents is well and gratefully spent. To our lovely and incomparable Patreon patrons, thank you so much for supporting us. You are seriously helping this podcast happen. And we cannot thank you enough. Transcripts of The Long Yak are available thanks to the untiring efforts of our friend K Drama Daydreamer, aka Puxygen's biggest fan, whom you should all go follow uh, on Twitter at K DramaGirl1. Check out the episode description for links and the timestamps to help you navigate the episode. Thank you, everyone, as always, for listening. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hey, everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Parma. So how are we all doing?
1: Uh, I'm just tired. (laughs) It's the end of the semester. How about
0: you guys? I'm wiped out from drama partying with my real-life drama friends. (laughs) That's, That's not, not something you can complain, complain about. about. <laughs> I wasn't complaining, but I'm laughing at at the fact that, like, our very grown up adult party, which was sitting around a table eating food and talking about um the vagaries of human life and also dramas, is like me partying <laughs> and being completely wiped <laughs> out by it.
2: <laughs> to, to tell the world what we're talking about this is a beanie party that Anisa and I are not part of because we are You're not invited in UK. to it it's your fault for not being here <laughs> this is a UK specific beanie party where well it's more like a London specific like, yeah London specific <laughs> well, one
1: you didn't invite us to Skype in either <laughs> excuse me Oh my god, yeah, that's well, true. am I'm, I'm still low-tech,
0: so, you know. We, we
2: tend day. to find out after the fact. Like, after right. she's had her party, then she's like, oh, you know, we just met that's up yesterday. That's not true. I
0: spent like three <laughs> weeks telling you guys, oh my god, I'm having a drama party in three weeks, in two weeks, tomorrow, yesterday.
2: <laughs> I think she's confused about whom she told because she didn't tell us. Yeah, no, but
0: also, I, I didn't mention it this time because I thought that it's actually quite sad to tell you about something that i know you guys would love to go to but can't so this time Aww. i was like keep it on the down low i appreciate um, that
1: <laughs> yeah
2: okay so my week started off great because her private life this uh week was awesome and then i was she's psychometric which depressed me no end but then the week kind of like improved like the weekend improved because i i'm not sure if it actually improved uh well, I watched Endgame Avengers yesterday, so there is that, uh, which we'll talk about later.
1: Yeah, it was great, so <laughs> it's an improvement. So shall we jump into her private life? Yes,
2: yes. let's do that. <laughs> okay, are we all up to date? Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, how <laughs> cute is it? <laughs> like, are we going to start this with a squee? We have to start this with a squee because it's like... Oh that's my god, I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so, so, so good. good.
2: Uh, I have a mild quibble, not actually a mild, a pretty serious quibble about how it handled the fan violence uh, the week before, uh, I think two weeks ago. But aside from that, everything else has been so, so well done, so sensitive and just self-conscious and just nicely done. Yeah, so self-aware. It's
1: interesting because when we read the premise of this, when it was upcoming, we were like, love the casting, don't love the premise. (laughs) <laughs> but actually, they did a great job executing it in a really unexpectedly sensitive and, you know, well-written, yeah. well-rounded way. I
2: remember so. I remember my primary worry about this drama, reading the uh, premise was that uh, you're going to have Kim jae and uh, uh, he's the boss. And I was afraid that they're going to go on that. The usual, you know, the, the boss abuses his power to get what he wants trope which is supposed to be sexy in drama but Mm. i never really found it so and i was really scared they were going to go down that road but this guy he's so self-aware of the power imbalance and just everything It just i i yeah wow i did not expect it to be handled so well
1: i know that we loved the first half of secretary kim but like this is the respect that i was missing even In the real giddy, um, cute moments of Secretary Kim, which, like, it had a problem with boundaries, let's just be honest. Like, that show did not understand boundaries. And this one really does respect boundaries, and, like, he respects boundaries. Like, everybody in the show, except for the childhood friend-slash-fake brother that she has, who has, like, no concept of boundaries, they do understand boundaries. Which I really... Oh, and Cindy, but she's, like... You know, assassin. not not being portrayed as a rational human being, so I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah, but she has like the weirdest mom. <laughs> I think I think that's yeah. supposed to be
1: her. That would yeah. twist a person. Right.
0: Yeah. With Kim Jok's character, um, I do wonder like K dramas do this a fair bit and I wonder if that's like a, a conscious decision on their part that His character is, is has a foreign origin, they use that uh, foreign origin as a way of giving them a perspective that's kind of very different to maybe the standard Korean cultural perspective. Like the way that he approaches yeah. it is almost revolutionary. Um, True. yeah, it feels very natural, but maybe like are they able to do that because they can attribute it to his that you know American uh roots or, or origins that way? Because that happens, like, I've just been noticing it in a few dramas but also you know when you're given this character who is meant to have been an international adoptee and grown up in the U.S. all their life and then they come to Korea and they're fluent in Korean and it does not work that way in real life. Yeah. Um, I, I find that an interesting choice of protagonist like it's almost romanticizing that international adoptee status there's some really well done youtube documentaries and then there was that one about the twins twinsters um and they were Korean adoptees and oh I it, loved that documentary it made me cry yeah, so much I, I was just like sobbing through the whole thing yeah. <laughs> but that kind of I mean that's closer to the real story than mm-hmm. than this kind of um story but I just find that an interesting sort of connection
1: yeah no for sure and like I have like read a lot about Korean adoptees and obviously they're going to hand wave all of that away because they want to have like the best of both worlds, right? Like they Mm want to like re-embrace this person who was lost by the nation and this kind of like, and like, obviously it's no accident that they're all from the U.S. because America is like romanticized as this land of like prosperity and freedom and like you know progressive values which is not necessarily the case and like you know you know a lot of a lot of things that america represents for a lot of people in other countries that haven't necessarily experienced america for themselves and so like that's just a part and parcel of like u.s hegemony especially like cultural hegemony across the world but i do yeah like that's a really interesting observation saya about how a lot of times that international background is sort of a a way in which they are given like a more sort of broad-minded perspective. And I do think that being a diasporic does give you a broad-minded perspective, but it's not because of the country that you grew up in being like better than the one that is your ancestral
0: home. It's just because you have a literally broader perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: I understand what you guys are saying, but I It it didn't occur to me that that was a a connection they were drawing that him growing up abroad is like I did get that sense like him growing up outside the uh, sort of stereotypical thinking of Korean culture, Korean society would give him a broader perspective that was there. But I also thought it was generally um, sort of implied that he is more sensitive and introspective than Mm -hmm. general run of men. And he's so introspective, man. I, I, I don't remember the last time I saw a, a main lead. I love him as
0: a hero. He is yeah, so, right? like not run, not run of the mill at all. And yet, like I mean, he's got that stiffness and he's got that sort of, what is it, that brusque edge and that um, yeah. like formal, you know, all of that stuff that you would associate with like a normal, like a Sundara hero. But he's not like that. I mean, the last time we saw a version of this was Idongu can touch your heart, but then he turned into a marshmallow within two episodes. But like <laughs> here, he he retains that kind of slightly stiff demeanor, but he's also like you can see that he is not that person. And it's also established pretty like pretty quickly considering the runtime the drama
1: that like that stiffness and that formality is partially just a defense mechanism because he is such yeah. a marshmallow on the inside. Mm, um, I just sorry. wanted to go back to one thing before we move on from like the growing up abroad thing. I haven't really thought about it in the way that you mentioned Saya, but like I've felt personally that it tends to be a way in which the writers give him power that comes from somewhere that is outside of Korean society. So like, a lot of times... So he's
0: not bound by the hierarchy. Yeah,
1: so when the characters mm-hmm. are kind of trapped within a particular, like, societal structure or, like, a company structure or, like, a social hierarchy, like, being from another place, like, from, like, having grown up in, like, America or, like, Germany or whatever, it allows them to kind of buck a lot of the, tra- like, social expectations and, like, the sort of, like, the rigid... Right, like, it's it's being an outsider with status. Yeah. Exactly, right. it's like yeah, the same it. thing with like um, thirty but seventeen, where the hero is just basically like just does whatever he wants, and part of that is that he's a genius, but it's also because like oh, he grew up abroad, like he doesn't, you know, like people the don't same hold rules
0: in. don't apply
1: to you yeah, of, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. That's point, so it gives them like an additional sort of power that's coming from somewhere outside the structure, which allows them oh, freedom, to like do maybe. yeah, it mm-hmm. allows them to do things that maybe it sort of a traditional homegrown hero or heroine wouldn't be able to do it. and it's usually because
2: a guy you inhi- because you'd have more
0: inhibition
2: as well yeah but i would like to point out that um um ryan gold uh here it, it understands korean culture and hierarchy pretty well he just doesn't care there, there is, there it's much. not that he doesn't care he cares a lot and he can he can walk within it because when that ex uh, sort of uh, uh ex-director what's mm. what's what's her face? Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, I love the actress, by the way. The actress is one of my favorites. <laughs> I, I, so, I mean, yeah, I she was in uh, uh, Romance is a Bonus Book, and she was amazing. Uh, and hold on, um, Kim Sun young and she's playing Om Se-Yo, Om Se-He. Om, yeah, Om so- um, yeah, the previous director. I'm just going to say uh, the, the, the director Om. Um, so, so the ex-director Om, um, she slaps... Um, uh, Sangokmi me um at, at one point. And it happens because of uh, a sort of a not a straight lie, but something that Ryan says where she's deliberately trying to uh, try where he's deliberately trying to uh, misguide Dieter ohm um, to save dokme actually. He, he he does it for her sake. But then since the Dieter ohm um, misunderstands, she goes and slaps Dokmi, who's a subordinate and therefore can't react. And Ryan sees it but he doesn't do anything about it either, aside from apologizing to Dokmi later. Because he understands hierarchy. He, 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 that is not something we would tolerate watching in any other... Like Imagine an American show that shows us that. Um, that won't happen, man. That would be a flashpoint. That would be something that you, you would feel compelled to protest against. Mm-hmm. Do you understand. But it, since it, it's shown in the context of a Korean society work culture where this, like, I'm sure people don't go around this the subordinates, but um, abuse from um, higher-ups is actually pretty regular. Yeah. Um, I think, if yeah, that makes I, sense.
1: but I'm not arguing that these um, magical unicorn um, Korean adoptee characters who suddenly, like, <laughs> just, like, cross the border and they understand Korean perfectly, like, I'm not arguing that they don't understand Korean culture because they have to in order to function as main characters a lot of times, most of the time. It's just that like being from somewhere else gives them this like get out of jail free
2: card. No, I, I completely agree with you. But I'm saying in the context of this drama, I don't think Ryan Gold is doing anything here that would be so surprising. You know, like he's he's not exactly using his get out of jail card. Oh, yeah, he's I still guess. now not done anything that is so, yeah. Hmm. Ooh, he's a foreigner. So he's allowed to do that type of thing. It's just, he's shown personal um, integrity and, and consideration, which especially touched dope me but um that's true even when
1: that, he, yeah even when he like gets one up on director um it's because he has like dirt on her that she's, exactly about to get out so
2: yeah that's true like for instance when diatom sends her daughter cindy to work for their company he just swallows it because what's he gonna do hmm. okay i'm sorry i like, sent us off on this long tangent I just thought- <laughs> <laughs> no i'm saying i'm saying it's interesting to me that he's flawed that way like he's not the perfect hero who's gonna like just because he's a woke, considerate man doesn't mean that he doesn't understand the politics of society. Yeah. So I, I yeah. like that about this character. And having covered Ryan Cole's awesomeness, <laughs> can we spend a moment talking about the awesomeness of Domi? Oh my God. She makes me cringe, but I love her
0: so much. <laughs> <laughs> she does not make me cringe. I've never
2: loved her more.
0: I nearly dropped the show by the first episode because it was just like this is I can't this is too don't be like this you know <laughs> that level of fangirlingness that I feel embarrassed by and she's just like you're a grown woman you need to stop being this into like an idol or whatever but yeah it was so at so- least the idol is not jailbait I don't think <laughs> so that's yeah but it's still at least the idol became a character which actually i I didn't expect and i found that very i'm looking forward to them like getting to know each other and her Mm -hmm. being like oh you're just a human like yeah exactly (laughs) that would that would be fun yeah yeah i mean it's clearly set up and i really like where this is going it's um it's clearly set up to to take this whole that discussion of you know will having a a relationship that's actually real and and meaningful to her uh, a romantic relationship will that eventually replace that fandom um feeling that she has towards um but i also think is is the fandom relationship a stand-in for a real relationship i find that question interesting
1: but i don't think that the show is arguing that it's a stand-in for a real relationship because like her best friend has a husband and a child <laughs> and like she still loves Xi'an
0: and like you know it does all the fangirl she's stuff like, but like she's permanently disappointed by her husband and she's like the only reason she married him is because she got pregnant I mean
1: that's true I mean, she says that but like they can't, you can see that they have a lot of affection I really for like them. yeah, yeah. Well, and like he's never that? around so I
0: don't really know <laughs> well I'm kind of worried now because um, you know the Juyuk um oh, yeah, yeah that's What's going in a weird direction but yeah i'm like why like are you i feel like if she wasn't married i would be shipping them so i don't know where this is going and i, I
2: don't no, know but something. but i don't know i mean i can clear i can see you guys have had have a different perspective on this but the way they packaged fangirling from the very first episode to me was a bit different It it looked to me, and that's uh, how Dokmi and Sonju talk about um, uh, Sian, for instance. It's it's like he's their baby. Like he needs to be protected and he needs to be, he's like, he's precious to them because they have invested so much of their time and energy into sort of protecting his reputation, about talking about him, analyzing his music, everything. Like everything he does, his whole career is something that's based on, 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 sort of at least partly on their effort as well so Mm -hmm. he he's this he's part of their lives in that you know there is there is so much of them invested into his career that that's how it came across to me because I didn't understand that level of fangirling either it seemed very odd to me and I couldn't see how they could possibly humanize that but the um Stratagem they used was to kind of show us through Dokmi's character that you don't need to sexualize him in your mind um though I'm, I'm like in I I have to say like there has to be an aspect of that like I'm sorry you're not for you're not like falling around <laughs> right. such a pretty this is not boy a platonic <laughs> yeah it's yeah. not a completely platonic thing but on the other hand it's not a complete it's not a sexual thing in in her mind either because like Dokmi is pretty like she's pretty inexperienced as far as romantic relationships are concerned. And as Saya said, that could partly be because this fandom has taken the place of a romantic relationship in her life. But it's it could also simply be because there are some people who, who are so absorbed by certain things that they have no room in their life mm-hmm. for romantic relationships i'm oh, yeah. raising my hand right now i'm exactly this sort of a person and we're, we're a bunch of fangirls well. <laughs> we're totally like we're not obsessed with a single actor or actress in in the way of that uh she is obsessed with this singer but she like we have seen in her past that she has shown uh, obsessive um focus on other bands as well it's not like it's always been sian forever and she's been sort of like she's a stalker obsessed fan it's not it's not like that She's capable of progressing from from you know like one idol to another just like her friend seems to be progressing from sian to her coffee boy <laughs> so yeah it's it's more like a patron you know like like someone supporting someone's talent um that's how they seem to be showing this which is not true for everyone as we saw in that episode where the fangirls came and attacked yokmi because they thought yokmi was uh dating their Opa. i do but, appreciate, uh,
1: i do appreciate that they show different types of fandom and how they do portray like sussing fans as being really problematic and like and like cindy like she's a stalker like that she like literally calls her a stalker and sussing fan but like i don't know if i'm like on board with this portrayal of duck beast fandom as like the most healthy way to stand someone or like a normal way to stand someone i don't know if that's what the show is saying maybe part of her journey is being able to like love him as a fan, but not quite invest like all of her free and personal time on him and actually like use that time for herself in a way that'll be. I think that's where the
2: show is going. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then in that case, I'm on board with that. But I also I also appreciate how it kind of shows us how like being a fan of something can just bring joy to your life, especially when your life is kind of hard. Like she has had a tough job working under this really horrible boss who doesn't allow her to have any creative freedom. And part of the way that she's like helped Shan's career is by taking like really amazing photographs. And like, maybe she doesn't consider that to be art in the same way that, you know, like the way, the kind of art that she drew when she was a child and she didn't get to like go to school for, but she's an artist, you know? And like creating that art and those pictures of him, which are like, he even has like put some of them up in his house because he thinks that they're like really good pieces of art. Um, which is a little self-centered, but he's an idol. So like I appreciate that that was like her outlet when at work she was you know like she had to give up her dreams and like she's not even allowed to like do the kind of exhibits that she wants to. So I like that aspect of it too.
2: And don't you love that Ryan notices that? Like there is that moment in the cottage where he asks her if, if she likes taking portraits and she misunderstands, but it's he clearly notices that. Hmm. At least I think he does. Let's see. I mean, they haven't, like, uh, they haven't gone anywhere with that line yet. But I, well, I, I yeah. agree. I think that is definitely a line um, that, yeah. Let's say it's <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Um, I was going to say, um, just to skip back a couple of minutes, I, I really enjoyed the, like, I didn't realise... Uh, and this is as a, a student of Korean. of course you don't know all the words, but the fact that tokjil is something different to Sussing. I mean, because like mm. in English, I don't think we even have that much um, variation. We're just like, you know, their fans or they like obsessive stalker fans. And it isn't stanning like a really new word that just kind of emerged quite recently. But like long before you had stanning, you had the word sussing. But the fact that there is a distinction between tongmi as a uh, uh, tokjil, and, like, what she does is, like, tok it's fangirling. It's not sussing, which is what Cindy does. Mm. Um, I, I, the other really f- uh, funny bit that I enjoyed was how she describes everyone else. So, you know, muggles, you're a muggle, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> that was <is> interesting. great. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do agree about um, the part about Dongmi having this kind of her fan fangirlness being shown as something that is, you know, um supportive in a way and that whole protectiveness but it's it's not just that she has an outlet for herself to do those things but also it creates a community like her website Mm -hmm. is something that she's created a community of people like it's not just between her and and the idol there's like all of the other people that i mean it's kind of like us and drama beans i guess it's like you love your dramas but you need your people and and she has that as well, which um, I really enjoy. And I really like how uh, Ryan has gotten himself in there. Oh you know, my when god! You're, when you were watching the promos, and he's like, "How do you become a fanboy?" And I was like, "How is this story ever gonna happen?" I don't understand. I just never expected this character to be up with the fan the the fanning part to be like oh my god kind of i want to do this i want to get in there and he's like you know up all night getting the answers to the i really love that he found out so early and that that he thinks it's so cute and he's like that's so cool he's He's like
1: like, like, watching her from around the corner with that little grin like oh my god kill me now.
2: He stole my heart completely. Oh my oh, gosh. Also can I, I say
1: like, oh my gosh, the chemistry is like off the <gasps> charts. This doesn't even compare to her chemistry with Park So Jun. As much as I love him and embrace my heart to say that, but, but like
2: No, who parked so June? I've completely forgotten what yeah. that is.
1: On <laughs> a whole other level. It's
0: um very grown-up. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you guys are gonna hate me, but like I still um, I can't quite buy Pugmin Young her character completely like she's um and this was much stronger in secretary kim but she had this kind of self-consciousness to her acting like she was always trying to look as pretty as possible it's like you're gorgeous woman you're always gonna look pretty no matter what you do um but it's like she she knew it like she knew it and she was consciously trying to show her good side and stuff like that And, like, she doesn't quite let go enough to get fully into the character. And I feel like she's still got that in this role as well. I kind of
1: know what you mean. I think I felt it a lot more in in Secretary Kim, especially, like, closer to the end of the drama, where she, like, doesn't let go of her professional facade ever, even in, like, personal moments.
0: Yeah, like a veneer of perfection, which feels
1: fake. But I feel like in this drama, she only has that face on at work. Personally, I think that when in her like non-work times, she kind of even
2: even down. even um at not at work like at work or not at work. I I agree with Saya when it comes to um, Secretary Kim. Even if she was making faces, she was looking gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, no, there was no, no bad anger in in that drama. Like I I took so many screenshots during the, the airing of that drama, and um I never got a bad face. And this has never happened. Like how how do you take like hundreds of screenshots and get not a single weird face? But I never got
0: one. I'm I'm comparing her to my favorite version of her, which is uh, her character in Healer, which was that's true so completely like utterly different. It was like she had thrown out every ounce of self consciousness, and she was that character. And that's what makes what made me excited about her from everything post Healer, and I've never seen that since. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I feel like she she is the new queen of rom com right now. She's like ruling it, but there is just a little like yeah. She hasn't
2: completely. Shed I, I get what you're saying, but, but in Hela, in in Hela, she she was a reporter. It was a very deglamorized role. So she went for it. Now I'm. I do not know anything about her personal life and what um, uh, her uh, self-image issues might be. I am not even going. Oh, no, into this that isn't. That, this, isn't a,
0: this isn't anything about that. This is about how she's showing the character.
2: Okay, okay yeah. So in that, if if it's just about the character, then her character here is glamorous. So one of the reasons you get picked for a position of a curator is not because you have immense knowledge of arts, which you need, but also because you're pretty. And Have you well, ever seen a female who's any not women's jobs? In yeah, that's up. actually true, but but you know what, especially mm-hmm. in a place like Korea, um, we've seen this repeatedly like where you have to apply for jobs pocket. with your headshot. So, exactly, so that makes sense to me that she would be glamorous for this role and and look especially glamorous, but also like through the years, she has just become prettier. And her roles just sort of seem to really focus. Like just just look at how glossy the filming of, like the production of this is and compare it with Healer. Like I'm not talking about the action scenes. I'm talking about the general production value. Mm-hmm. Just the palette of colors here. You, the focus is on getting the best look. Of, yeah. of each character, like that's true mm-hmm. for even Ryan Gold. Like, where is he ever even remotely ugly? It's just like his a, perfection. Right. Heavy and that's scene.
1: partly yeah. just the rom-com aesthetic. Yeah, no, like yeah. you know that part of the reason that your audience is here is to look at pretty people. Like that's just a fact when it comes to rom-coms. So.
2: That's that's true. And also yeah. to um, uh, uh, to emphasize on what Saya just said, she is definitely the queen of romcom And because of her range of emotions here, and man, the woman has gone through a range of emotions. Just the, that episode where she meets uh, Chasiyan, it's like, what is even happening to her face? <laughs> I loved her so much. That was amazing. Um, and her like her internal screen where she's like murdering buildings, like going all Godzilla and cities inside her head, but she can't express her feelings. That was really well done. Just quickly,
0: word drop the whole um, the, the idea of like parasocial relationships, which is like the one sided relationship you as a fan can have with something like an idol. I was doing um, a bit of reading about this, uh, I think just after we recorded the last year, because I'm not fresh on it. But if anyone wants to go and read about it, there have been like really interesting studies um, about like fan culture and parasocial relationships and how they're like the way um, I think, Boromir, you wrote this in the notes that these idols are. Are marketed as like your boyfriend. And right. And how that's a deliberate thing. And, and yeah, and how and
2: idols are products and fans are consumers. Exactly. And uh we, we have this episode, the one that I have a quibble with, where they have these fangirls coming in uh beating uh Yokmi uh, with eggs, and Yokmi is angry justifiably initially, but then she thinks back to her own experience as you know, like, like some like they have that incident in school where her fake brother sort of gives her an umbrella that had been given to him by a girl who oh, had a yeah, crush yeah. on him. And then Dokmi goes and beats him up because the girl was obviously hurt and angry. And she's like, how could you give me her umbrella? She gave it to you because she likes you. And you're
0: disregarding her feelings.
2: Exactly. So she understands how that girl felt. And she takes that instance and she sort of, like, transposes it to the current situation where these... Young, sort of the teen, I guess, or preteens. The, these young girls have come and beat her up. That was this violence, man. That's no joke. And all because they thought that their opa was I- in a relationship with her. It's I'm not sure if it's exactly the because they have given him gifts. It's not exactly the same situation, yo. Know, I mean, it's not it's exactly not the same situation, and
1: it's like. It's problematic that they kind of...
2: It's problematic that Dokmi forgave them. Like, that she softened towards them and were like, oh, I understand how how they feel. Yeah. If she had actually been going out with
1: him,
0: also, like, that's assault. You can't... (laughs) <laughs> you can't let them <laughs> off yeah you can't just that. be like oh I understand
2: how you because about.
0: it's love well how many crimes are carried out in the name of love right
2: exactly Exactly. <laughs> like how terrible like what if he was actually going out with a woman would you go and do that D- Doki you wouldn't like they had that moment right before Doki found out what the rumor was she went through the five stages of grief of <laughs> <family>. <laughs> that was so funny <laughs> That was amazing. But she did come to acceptance. I mean, whatever, like, I don't even understand why you would object to a singer you like uh, dating, but fair enough. Fine. That's the psychology I'm not going into. Exactly. and, And they acknowledge it, by the way. They say it in the show. They say it in the show that they are marketed as our boyfriend. So, how can they go ahead and do this?
1: But you shouldn't reinforce that idea. You should be like, actually, you don't own them because they're a person that you should respect, like whose agency you should respect. But that's like not...
2: Yeah, so that's like the only quibble I have with this drama.
0: Which yeah, so this is, is that... where the show hasn't gone there yet about like um, looking at it from Sheehan's perspective.
2: And I hope yeah. that it does. The tone it takes on it him. It probably
1: will because the writing so. so
2: far. They did a I bit though, guessing. like the tiniest bit when Shian was having that discussion with Ryan about how he's so tired from all of these fan meets and stuff that you have to do that he doesn't have time to do his music, right? His music. So he pretends that his hand is broken. Oh, um, yeah. Just yeah. to get time to work on his music. And, and I, I like that they had that moment. I really want them to do more. Because you be desperately need more from Siân's perspective.
1: I don't love that Cindy is like now at the office, and like I get that they had to have her there so that they could continue with their charade, but it bothers me that um, Duckme is so aware and and like every time anything happens, she like looks at Cindy to check her reaction in a really obvious way, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, like that you're just exactly. making it worse like why <laughs> just ignore her like if she was the intern you would ignore her like if she was a regular intern you wouldn't care what she thinks so why are you giving her so much like space and answering her questions like just be like that's a personal question go do your work you know like I don't know it's weird
0: yeah anyway you're I just wanted right. to bring that up because it bothered a- me
1: <laughs> it is but I just I just yeah that was one thing Okay, so next we have my fellow citizen, who's watching that other than me. Why are you I
0: just started it like earlier in the week, so I'm only a few episodes in. Okay, I'm, I'm like halfway halfway through.
1: I'm up to date with where it is now on April 28th. So it's about halfway through, I think it's run. I have watched half of what you've watched. I think so, yeah, looking yeah. at your notes. So I won't spoil where we're at now. I'll just give my general thoughts. I really love this show. It's exactly what I needed right now in terms of like, it's really funny. It's very like, um, the dialogue is very quick. It's very witty. It's really funny. The directing is really clever. Um, There's been a couple of scenes so far where it's like intercutting between two different conversations in a really interesting way that like, it just like does so much work in a very economical way, which I really appreciate because the thing with comedies is that you need it to like move quickly, especially in a comedy like this, where um, the premise is so weird. The The directing is really smart in that way. And um, the writing is also really well done and it really does a good job because like if you haven't um, heard the premise, it's basically uh, chiwan plays a con man who gets married to a cop played by uh yu young who um is like a she's like a violent crimes detective when they first meet and she he doesn't find out she's a cop until like their wedding day after they're already married
0: after yeah on the way to the honeymoon (laughs) on the way to their honeymoon yeah and he's like what and like
1: the thing is that they really love each other but that fact causes him to like distance himself from her and she also so, like, their marriage is not in a good place. I think it's, like, two years after they got married. Mm-hmm. They're not in a good place with their marriage. It, like, it freezes everything.
0: Everything glazes over, and it's, like, he's in constant terror of, you know, like, the thing that a con man fears the most is the police, right? Right. And, and then married to one.
1: And, like, he was, you know, he was going to pull off, like, one last con or whatever in the beginning of the drama when you're, like, two years after they got married. That doesn't work out because she is now investigating him. Um, although she doesn't know it's him, and then this, and he doesn't even know it's her until like uh, an episode or two later. And the villain is the daughter of this like uh, really rich loan shark who he conned like a while back, and she is now like here to get revenge for her dad. And so that's the whole reason why he starts running for the assembly, the national assembly, is because she wants him to. She wants basically a puppet in the national assembly that she can get this land uh restriction or this law that um like basically repealed so that she can do something corrupt with that land. And so that's her whole motivation. She basically like, is like, I'll kill you and I'll kill your wife. So now he has to run for office even though he has no interest in running her office and he's just it's just so funny. Like there's so many aspects of it that are hilarious, including like, you know, like the the um what's her name? Huja, who is played by... Kim Min Jung. Kim Min Jung is, like, like hilarious. hilariously
0: incompetent.
1: I mean, is she incompetent? She is kind of incompetent, but she's also really evil. And, like, I don't know how they make that work, but they do. Like, <laughs> it's, somehow she's, like, a real threat to him while also being, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, and they it's do that like, balance you know, really well in a lot of ways. Like, they have the sadness of, like, what kind of relationship they're in, like, the real pain that they feel with the fact that they love each other,
0: but there's, like, this big thing in between them. But then on the other hand, it's just, like, really, really funny. I can't figure out with uh, Kim Min-jung's character whether, I mean, she is, like, blazingly incompetent um and yet as you say she's dangerous but also i'm like is she kind of meant to be a mad genius i'm not
1: sure no i don't think she's a genius in any way she's just
0: (laughs) but like is that going to i just feel like i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with her but it sounds like there is no other shoe
1: (laughs) yeah i don't think there's another shoe i think she just was like (laughs) raised by a really evil loan shark family so like she knows the basics of how to be an Mm -hmm. evil loan shark but like
0: and she also wants to she's do things her way. She strikes me as kind of like, you know, the teenage, like a uh, uh, teenage brat slash yeah. heiress. And she also mm. has
1: more guts than brains, which
0: like oh, guts yeah, exactly. are
1: impressive, but the, she doesn't really have the brains to back that up. So
0: Right. She's got good follow through, but bad ideas. Right. Or at least good ideas and bad follow through. I'm not sure which one, one or the other. <laughs> but yeah, she's fun. But um, I, what I really like about this, and I'm, I'm quite early on in the show, is I was surprised because I knew the premise was, you know, con man marries a uh, police uh, detective. So I thought this would be like part of the con would be that he's trying to con this detective um, and that's why he marries her. But it actually, is not that at all. They coincidentally like end up like meeting. Both of them have had bad breakups. Um, and so they're like, should we give this a shot? why not? They do, and they end up having like real feelings and there's a genuine relationship. Um and then I love their whole meet cute and their love oh, like, falling yeah. in love. They're like, so well done. Like everything is so
1: well done in this show.
0: And like you ship them so hot. Like you're really, really rooting for them. And um like I I feel like there is you can see the possibility for where they can meet in the middle of of all of this i mean like between his highly illegal activities and her like law enforcement activities there is a space for them to be in the middle still i hope
1: so i mean things have gotten more complicated after (laughs) at at the point that i'm at but i'm still really rooting (laughs) for them to work out because the fact that their relationship is so real and it feels so Mm -hmm. real
0: um, and the fact that he does really, all of this so that she doesn't get killed
1: yeah not only just the fact that he's doing it for that motivation but like they feel like a real married couple and they mm-hmm. act like a real married couple and that really grounds this pretty wacky premise and gives it a heart which I think is the only way that this show could have worked mm-hmm. and so also I appreciate is- that
0: um this is from the writer of um police unit thirty eight or so called squad thirty eight also called mm. something else thirty eight but um and, and I had forgotten about that and when i just for some reason i just came across the detail again earlier this week, I was like, why aren't I watching this and then I started um also the writer of bad guys one and two, so bad guys two I really didn't like i don't um but mm-hmm. yeah police unit thirty eight this is more in the vein of that. And I think the last thing that I want
1: to say about the show um, is that I think, I don't want to spoil the most recent development, but there is the most, I think it's either the last episode or the second to last episode that I've watched is that he, Shiwan's character, uh, Jungkook, he goes through this sort of ethical crisis and he has to think about what he's gonna do and whether he's gonna be genuine or whether he's gonna lie about like an important thing. And he has a series of conversations with the different people in his life. And, he, and they tell him like different things. And those conversations come together in a really um, powerful way in the decision that he finally makes. And it's about like, what does it mean to be a con man and why? would you be sincere even when you're pulling off a con? And I, I don't really want to go further than that because I just, I don't want to spoil it, but it's just a really interesting way that it brings together these themes and like with the, who says what to him in his life and what that says about these relationships with these people. And I just found that really, really well done for a comedy about like this premise. I just thought it was really emo- It's It's got a lot of emotional smarts. Mm-hmm. I like that about it. So yeah. Any anything else that you want to say about it? Okay, said everything. <laughs> Highly recommend. Also, tissue on space is amazingly mobile, and his <laughs> expressions are great. So yes, he is he is best at
0: comedy. Uh, I do actually have one more thing to add, which is that I love Yi Young. She is like yes, so good, and I've loved her since the first drama I saw her in, which was Tunnel, and she's been amazing in everything since. But I think this is her best character.
1: I saw. I've only seen her in Your Honor, but she's so different in this, and she's so mm-hmm. good. She's such a badass.
0: Like it's it's great. She's so badass. I love yeah. but <laughs> dragging that baseball bat. Oh. <laughs> that whole sequence so of
1: events was amazing. Yeah. So good. So good. All right, Saya. So, yeah, I think you're the only watch- one watching Beautiful World. That's another new show, right?
0: Mhm, and I was actually a little bit uh, not quite right about this uh, last month when I was like, Oh, Namdaran is uh, headlining a show. He's not headlining the show, <laughs> but he is like the the very the the central character at the heart of everything that's happening in the show. Um, not quite the same thing, but still. Uh, so this the premise of the show is that um, Daran, um young uh, middle school student. Um, apparently attempts to kill himself and he jumps off a building and he ends up uh, in hospital in a coma. Um, so this sets off an entire chain of events, um, like, you know, why did he do that? Um, what led to, and initially they try to wrap this up as just a simple suicide, but his mum just cannot understand why her cheerful happy kid would kill himself so she like really starts to dig into it uh hyun is the uh, actress who plays um the uh mom. uh the nan Darum's character's name is sona um so uh sona's mum is the one who's really driving everything in this story and it's it's such a raw like emotionally brutal and brutalizing watch I can, like, I think I watched the first two episodes, like, together back to back, and then when it came to episode three, I think it took me, like, a week to watch it, ten minutes at a time. Um, I'm not actually up to date on it, I'm about th- I'm three episodes in, but it's so difficult to watch. I mean, you have just this... Uh... The, the family, uh, Sona's family is so like tight knit and close and, and warm. And each member of his family is like dealing with this in a different way. So his mom, uh, his dad, and his little sister, they all have to sort of go through this process of trying to understand why, you know, their son or their brother would do this. And as, as things go on, um, like details come out, like um, a video emerges um of and he ha- sona has this group of four friends uh friends in in quote marks um and it turns out this is mild spoilers you'll find out very quickly in the first episode is it turns out that there's video of him being really um badly beaten up by them uh, and and they share these in in their private chat room um and and then when the uh what is it called uh when the authorities are like you know They question the friends and stuff. They have to go through this thing of deleting the videos and making sure that they've got their stories straight. And then at one point they're like, you know, isn't this chat room evidence? So you know, there's all of these echoes of of stuff that you're seeing that that's happening like right now um, in current affairs. Um, So you, it feels like there's it's like consciously riffing on that, um, but in a completely different context. And then you've just got like the emotions of it, like a mother trying to like, just her grief is driving this show. And it's so like unbridled. And she's an amazing character. And then you've also you've got his dad, who's a little bit harder to read. And that's play, uh, he's played by Parkinson, who hasn't done drama for a little while. Oh, I like um, him now. He's, really he he's really good. Um, so you've got this. It's, it's kind of it's, uh, a transgenerational. Is that the right word? cross-generational story where you've got stuff that's happening at the adult level then you've got stuff happening with the kids and then just you dip a little bit lower in the age to his little sister and all of the stuff that's going on there and it really it cuts that like it cuts the whole thing open of of this process of just oh, everything but it's so hard to watch but it's also so kind of I don't know good is not the right word but it's like you are gripped the entire time. So the the way that the scenes are cut in the shows all like you know how you were saying in my fellow uh, citizens, uh, and you said about the way that the um, conversation was like cut between lots of different people. So you have there's a lot of cutting between past and present. So you'd have these like memories, memories that other characters have of Sono, and that like sort of cuts in like it's intercut with stuff that's happened to him in the present day or the way that they've treated him in certain points. Like there was this one part in, I think, uh, episode three. So um, his mom is watching this video. So when she discovers the video for the first time and it cuts with scenes of like when he was born and when she's like, you know, holding him for the first time and all of like these important milestones. Um, the tiny baby milestones, you know, like when he starts crawling, when he first starts saying... Oh God, that uh, sounds you know, really brutal to watch. It really is. And that cuts, like, you know, so in that moment, you're watching those baby scenes and you, like, you automatically smile and it suddenly cuts back to that sort of, that violent beating and it goes back and forth like that. And you're just, like, in so much pain and, and the character is in so much pain and it's, it's amazing, but it's so hard. And then also, like... Um, the, the circle of kids who, who do this uh, assault, um, they're four very different characters. So you have like the ringleader, you have the one who who is sort of uh, beat first, ask questions later. You have the one who is kind of quietly taking orders and not rocking the boat. Uh, and, you know, you have those, like, they're, they're not, like, they are kind of archetypes, I guess, but they are also like, they're full people. Mm -hmm. um and like the most disturbing of them is the the silent ringleader the one who gives orders the one who's taking the films but he's never like uh, uh he doesn't incriminate or implicate himself so he's very shrewd in that way um and then you see where he gets it from when when you see his dad who is also I think the chairman of the board of the school and there's this really powerful powerfully disturbing scene where they're so like, he, the kids are about to be discovered and and, you know, his dad sits him down and he tells him a story. This is what happened. And as he's telling the story, his son's expression is changing, like it's brightening, like he can see a way out. And then by the end of it, he's like, you know this happy kid and his mom is sitting opposite him getting like watching this change, becoming more and more horrified. But at the same time, she's still protecting him. And it's like, you know, it's so interesting because you get to go into those emotions of, well, you know, could you really give up your own kid, even though, you know, he's a monster or he's becoming one. Mm. And um, um, there was a, another
1: show that kind of touched on that, which was, um, the sky castle. No, about your own child being a monster why cannot I I loved this show until the very end it was with uh Isha Young and Kim Young oh, oh yeah yeah uh, Lookout just with an L yes yeah, yeah. I was like <laughs> I was like, love something no no that's not it okay yeah Lookout yeah I think Lookout did a good good job with that until the end oh,
0: Lookout was much darker yeah. um okay like way darker than this yeah Lookout was pretty dark that's, yeah but so, yeah
1: I, thanks, mean, that that's, kid. Uh, I don't think I'll watch
0: it but <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for sharing about you
0: know Oh, there's just just one more thing I want to add um, to that is because, um, like, there's a little bit of a discussion in Fandom about why is it set in middle school rather than high school? Um, Because as I'm watching this, I remembered uh, a case that was really, really huge here in the UK Um, in the, I think it was 93. So there was, it's the James Bulger uh, murder case, which was two 10-year-old boys had abducted this two-year-old child from a shopping centre in Merseyside, which is uh, northern England. Um, And they had taken him away and they tortured him. And it was really, really, really horrible. Don't ever look this up unless you want to never sleep again. And that and how those cases kind of set legal precedents, not because of... um, uh because of popular opinion rather than because of like legal opinion. Like for example, in the UK the age of criminal responsibility is 10. And they weren't able to raise that even though they wanted to, because of that case. That's the case that like um, people are like, you you cannot mm-hmm. raise that age because otherwise these kids would like literally get away with murder, which is the argument it's not necessarily true. But the point um, about like, how kids' brains develop and whether they know what they're doing, and the argument is they still know the difference between good and evil. Mm. Um, but the UK actually has a surprisingly low uh, age of criminal responsibility compared to other countries. Like in South Korea, the age of uh, criminal responsibility is 14, um, which is why that age that these characters are at is really important, because they are just below the age of criminal responsibility. Mm. Interesting.
2: There was another case in um, UK. I remember um, watching um, a documentary about it last year. I don't remember the particulars. There were middle school kids, these siblings, I think they were Muslim um, middle school kids who had been, like the brother had been beaten up by some uh, of the school kids. And the beating had been filmed and uploaded on either I think on Facebook. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. The, uh, ref- uh, they were refugee kids, I yeah, think.
2: They, 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 right, yeah. yeah. So that, that that actually sounds far more similar to this, this particular show because it was the parents who took up the thing to find out like what happened, how it happened, yeah. because the school wasn't doing much about it initially. So, yeah. Yeah, didn't get very far, if I remember rightly. Yeah, <laughs> I think they had to change schools. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay,
1: that was cheery. <laughs> A low note, but let's move on to, um... in the is, psychometric. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, so, you guys are up-to-date on this? Mm. Yep. I only watched one episode,
2: so... Okay, and and how was that for you?
1: Well, like, you guys were really highly recommending it last in the last Yak, so I tried it out, but, like, um, it was fine. But I didn't really... <laughs> care that much about anyone in the cast and i didn't really like i think a lot of the charm for this show is the main character for a lot of people but i don't really find him that charming personally oh, so i just didn't funny. i don't know <laughs> I, sorry like he, didn't, he just didn't capture my interest and neither did the the female lead or like the young girl who's supposed to be i like is it Tassum who plays the medical examiner? Like I, th- I liked her. She's
0: the detective, right? Yeah, was that not
1: I don't know. She's yeah. wearing a white coat in the first few scenes. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I just didn't find it that interesting, so I just didn't continue with it. Oh no,
0: yeah she she was the detective, not the um...
1: detective, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just I just wasn't feeling the whole storyline with like the young who might be suspicious, and I was just like, I don't. I might just, yeah. Sorry,
2: guys. Okay. So do you, do you want us like? There's gonna be spoilers in our uh discussion. Many this, spoilers,
1: yeah, many. It, so it do, you wanna do you want
2: to opt out? Do I you want to listen?
1: In? Don't think I'm ever gonna watch this, to be honest. So you guys just go ahead.
0: Okay then. Well, so your favorite the, character is no longer uh, in, in, on the Mortal Coil. Oh okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't continue because <laughs> <it. laughs> I really like her. <laughs> I oh. loved her. Wow. That's dark. Yeah, it was. I don't know, man. I feel like the show has like it's been getting like it started off really strongly. And then yeah, it's got darker but in a more convoluted way that I couldn't always like quite follow. Like it wasn't as cohesive as, as it needed to be. And Although like all of it, it hit the right notes in terms of stuff that was happening, it didn't quite come together for me. So I'm at that point where I'm like, I am watching it because I'm, I'm still interested in what happens. But I'm not quite sure that the whole, it works as a whole. And especially with like, I know the young characters,
2: just I don't get him. Yeah, me neither. And the thing is, I almost didn't watch this week's episodes. It just, morbid curiosity made me, not even interest. Is, <laughs> well, at this point, I've committed to writing a review, so it's,
0: you know. Now I'm more invested in trying to figure out what's actually happening. And because I'm looking at it more closely, I'm having yeah. a harder
2: time, <laughs> which shouldn't happen. Yeah. You know, like last, last month, we were talking about how Ian's character was so... Um, Endearing to us because while he he's not the smartest cookie, but uh, he's got heart and 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 he's got talent, of course. But it's just that the brains of the operation is is Jain and and he doesn't mind that, and that was so endearing. But right now he's become the smartest person in the team. He's solving <laughs> all the clues. He's figuring out everything, and dude, he's figuring out stuff that you need training to figure out. I'm just, I, it's just I'm not, not fun even fun anymore. Like, there's no friends. It's not
0: fun anymore. In, yeah. It, and the the things that we loved about those characters, they're just like they're gone. And you killed Jisoo, and it's still like I s where we're at now with like Hyung and being brought in for questioning and I don't guess. what really happened the- in the Young Song up fire and like he, like did he do it or did he not do it? You just tell me. <laughs>
1: I don't think the show- loving it that much anymore. I'll just say like I never <laughs> found the um Main character to be endearing at all. I just found him to be
2: which, which main character? Like the older brother or <laughs> the younger one? The boy. The yes, young boy. Young. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: yeah.
2: he, he, was, he was cute. I still he think he's adorable. Character. and Yeah, I,
0: I yeah. do too.
2: I do too. I think just
0: the show... He's just... He's being so hurt all the time. Like everything that's happening is just designed to rip him up. And you're like...
2: Yeah. Please. But also that... It's it just that the show, I think, mistook its own genre... It, it it thinks that it's a thriller, whereas it's more a character-driven drama. That's why we like this show, not because of the plot. The plot was never <laughs> super amazing to begin but with. also, like <laughs> you were not in it for the mystery the of it.
1: plot and the whole like sort of quote unquote sci-fi like it's just so gimmicky and like it makes no sense and it doesn't seem to have any internal logic. Like even from one episode, like
0: I didn't
2: get I, to I the thought whole... it did in the beginning. Okay, but maybe I, I feel I like
1: was being overly
2: picky then <laughs> one of the things I like about Korean drama supernatural uh, stuff is that there is often no explanation for why supernatural stuff happens it just does and then all the characters learn to roll with it which I'm fine with That that mm-hmm. is how I expect supernatural stuff would happen if it happened in real life that's There'd true. be no explanation yeah. that's
1: true so, and, it, and it does yeah, work a lot that. of times but I think sometimes it just doesn't absolutely
2: like I was comparing it with I hear your voice last time and how I like like that in this case, like like Paksoa and I, I hear your voice. Already knew how to use his gift, but in this one, Ian is learning with every episode. That that was the best part of this drama. I think the first ten episodes or so, where his his talent was getting stronger. But right now, he he's just. Finding out information, the exact information he wants by touching a person. This is just, and it's like like, it's not even like
0: how could you have gotten all of this entire scene from touching this part of the wall? It doesn't
2: (laughs) know. No, I mean every any random piece of furniture is giving him like the saga from exactly the date and time that he wants. Full and yeah a full oh. and unedited reel of video of what happened. exactly like this this talent office should never have have had that kind of clarity it should have like always been bits and pieces plot device rather than
0: like yeah it should always have been a bit more fragmented and a little bit more but yeah i'm just, yeah i'm trying not to be disappointed but I think I low-key am. <laughs> yeah,
2: me too. <laughs> and there's one me week
0: to go until it finishes. But Oh, wow. Yeah, here's
2: okay. the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would have been a lot more invested in last week's episode if instead of Jisoo dying, um, if she had been terribly hurt. And they had hammered in the fact that it was because her father had refused to send in reinforcement. me calling right. in everyone for reinforcement. And, and they never even them. addressed that. Exactly, she went in there without backup because of her father. That should have really been hammered in, and they completely missed that. Her father felt guilty, so he was like, "Hey, like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try and support your investigation. Now you guys go ahead and find out stuff. But once they replace me, you won't be able to go." Like, I don't care. I don't care about your morals. Like, like I, I don't stand right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Just everything is so... And, and Yoon jae has been relegated to a side character at this point. I feel like both... What are is like, she even doing? The,
0: the, with uh, Yoon jae and with... What's his name? Cancel um, Mo? Uh, no, uh, no, Thingy. Oh, uh, you know, Ian. Um, they were driving <laughs> the show to begin with. Um, yeah. And once you kind of... Once the focus went off them, the direction of the show just kind of
2: went wonky. Hmm. Did you notice that the, when the focus went off them was exactly the episode where the two of them got together? And after right, exactly. that, that's exactly it.
0: It's like once you'd got them together, that their role in the story, like the tension that was in the story, was just done. And like the stakes and er, like everything kind of fell flat after that. It was like up until that moment, everything was great. And then after that, it just was like, pfft,
2: yeah. Was yeah. Yeah. And okay, how do you feel about Kang Sung Mo's
0: arc at this point? the thing is they have so many interesting elements to his character but it's become so sort of confused and convoluted that you can't follow it and if you can't follow it you can't have emotions about it and like at this point I'm like what even is your game and do I even care I'm really frustrated and uh, you know because you're rooting for Hyung to just not be terrible and like There's that point where you're like, oh, my God, he did it. And then after that, they're still trying to like give you that, oh, but maybe he didn't. And then but then the other thing I thought is, you know, as he's sitting in there being questioned by um, Jane about like his uh, involvement in all of these events is that maybe this is uh, what his character is trying to achieve is that he's pointing out that this is the flaw, like using himself and perhaps his crime he's highlighting why how broken the system is. Like, look, you know I did it, I know I did it, but you can't get me because your system is broken. And like, maybe that's the point he's trying to make.
2: Yeah, I agree completely. I am so confused about what I'm supposed to root for with Kang Sung Mo. Um, on the one hand, they are telling us, uh, on the one hand they are asking, was he the perpetrator of the original apartment fire? And on the uh, and, and and did he know that there was a assassin going around killing uh, a women's so, so that he could steal their ID and give it to his mother? That's one aspect of it, and the other one seems to be: look how Machiavellian he is—that he's getting his revenge and then he's getting away with it because the police can't catch him. So I'm super confused about what I'm supposed to be it's like. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, that's where we are. We are confused. There are two more episodes to go, which we'll watch, because I'm a mesochist, and you have a review to write.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, I guess I have my own story of disappointment to share. <laughs> so, um, I picked up, well, I picked up, I picked up a celebrity on the street, because <laughs> Barnabas had recommended it. I don't know if that was, like, last Yak or the Yak before. And I watched... I started hating it, like, by episode two, but I was like, okay, Burma said this was good, and I really love the actors, so I just, like, kept watching it, and, like, I finished episode four, and then I was like, I can't
2: it You watched more than I did. Oh, oh, yeah, I only watched, like, an episode and a half.
0: Oh, no. I was trusting you. Never trust Burma when you don't like a show. Just drop it. Oh, my God. Okay, so
1: I just... I'm not going to spend a long time on this, but I just want to say, like, okay, the premise, like, you talked about the premise before. She accidentally hits, well, she doesn't accidentally hit him. She hits him thinking that he's her evil boss um, on the back of the head with her shoe, which, like, seems pretty extreme. But anyway, then she's like, oops, I killed him, but I don't really feel bad, but oh, no, what if somebody finds out? So she, like, drags him to her house and tries to figure out, like, wait this member of the body or, like, to get rid of the body, and then he wakes up just like, oh no, what if I, uh, he's alive, thank God, but oh no, I'm gonna get in trouble, i will never be able to get married. <laughs> so she keeps him hostage in her house. First he's tied up, then he tries to escape, so she puts him in chains now oh my god it's like it just keeps getting worse and worse and then like he's like just let me go i promise i won't report you but like obviously every time she he has a chance he tries to escape because she's holding him hostage <laughs> and he's a normal human being but now she's like oh i can't trust you so i'm not gonna let you go and then she like forces him through violence <laughs> like seriously like they establish that she's this wrestling like genius So she's also intimidating him using physical violence, She's like multiple times at this point. It's so abusive and messed up. And then she's like, oh, you have to sign a contract and say that you'll live with me for three months so that I can save enough money to like escape and immigrate to Vietnam because it's cheaper to live there. And then she's going to let him go so that she can run away. (laughs) And then he like tries to escape, but he like gets almost all the way to the police station and she sees him and she's like no and then she like plants one on him
0: because she doesn't want the
1: police to so now it's like sexual assault too I just and then he like goes back with her i'm like what is that and then he's like supposedly like starting to have feelings for her i i just i I was like this is the worst this and people in the comments are like this is a black comedy if you don't like it why are you watching i was like no no, this is not like a black comedy is like something that's commenting on society, not like embodying all of the worst tropes of an abusive relationship and making them something that you're laughing at and enjoying and reading for. Like, what the hell? It's so, oh I just <laughs> said I like the actress. I never said I like the drama. Oh, no, you led me down the hey, road.
2: You have to admit that the opening shot was amazing like the opening credits no, though for the first harming. episode
1: just watch the opening credits and don't go yeah exactly that
2: that that's that's the part that i was happy about okay. <laughs> i don't know why you
1: <laughs> she trusted you P. I don't know why oh, I no. you were, like smart and interesting and like funny <laughs> and different
2: <like, laughs> and like yeah anyway oh no shoot
1: yeah, I was like, let me, Sorry. and also it 10 episodes, so I was like, it's something short that I can watch while I have, like, exam, or, like, papers to write, and they won't get, like, sucked into, like, a long drama. That was a mistake. I should have just watched Fiery Priest like I was planning to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Fiery Priest is a drama that I, I did start, but I don't want to talk about it right now. I like it. But I don't want to talk about it right now. I know it's been completed. I want to finish watching it. And hopefully I'll talk about it next okay, year. Okay,
1: okay. We can be less fiery and talk about that fiery <laughs> I'm feeling fiery right now. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's all, all the drama. Sorry to end on such an angry note, but like, I needed to vent my feelings about that to somebody. So <laughs> I was very upset in so many ways.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, just a general recommendation. Um, really? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. But but you know what? This one you can trust me on. I, I would like lay my life on the line for this day like, because it's generally good. Um, so there is this YouTube channel called Playlist Global. It has short Korean web series. Uh, like it produces a lot of short Korean web series. And uh, the girl from um, uh, He's Psychometric, the, hey, what's her name? The cop girl. Not the dead one, the live one. Yoon Jin. Yoon Jin, I'm right? A, so uh, the the young cop girl from uh, he is psychometric. She is in one of the dramas. I mean, I actually looked it up because of her. She's in this drama called Eighteen, which is spelled Eighteen for some reason, and it's a really good drama. By the way, just just watch it. It's it's adorable. It's short and it's really good. And it reminded me a lot of. You know, a, a bit like Sassy Go Go and a bit like uh, the Reply Nineteen Ninety Seven. Just oh, nice. because it, it focuses a lot more on the high school friendship and you know the romances and the crushes and the breakups in a very it's it, it, it's well written. So eighteen was good and seventeen is also good, but I think eighteen is much better written. And there are some other uh, web series in, in there too. And and Some of them are more mature; like they have adult characters, and some of them have younger characters. So, go to YouTube, watch it for free. Just they're short dramas, and I'm sure you guys will love it. Okay.
1: Okay. Yes. All right. Watch those, and don't watch. I picked up a celebrity on the street
2: (laughs) because it's terrible,
1: and it should be condemned. All right. I'm gonna get off my soapbox.